0: Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit non-denominational religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the president, Dr. Carl Emler. Now, in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word, or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by the Lord. The correct title of the Word, or Son, is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifest in or out of a physical body is Joshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Now, Lord and God are titles and they are not names. And the Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5, that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name, and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our creator has chosen for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. In a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1,400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our father and his Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being, that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifests himself in a physical body, And he walked the earth plane as Yahshua, the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So a simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? And a further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also, in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build a physical one in the wilderness just like the one he had seen in his vision on the Mount. The tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place and a court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The school has 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, modern practical and occult science. Five to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And ten, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by the dean of our Madison class, Dr. Steve Gagno, and we'll have a scripture read, which will be Revelation, the 12th chapter, 21st chapter, pardon me, and that'll be read by Dr. Gail Josephson from our Green Bay class.
1: Good evening, class. Good afternoon to the rest. Um, take a moment and uh, just give thanks to our heavenly Father for having considered us in eternity and caused us to come into an enlightenment down here, and we are most thankful and uh, to carry on the fight for the truth and and. Uh, endure down here on planet earth and uh continue until the end until the glorification in the spirit let us all say hallelujah
2: hallelujah i'll be reading um revelation 21 and i'll be reading out of the holy name bible containing the holy name version of the old and new testaments critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts, revised by A.B. Trana of the Scripture Research Association. Chapter 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from Yahweh out of heaven, pre- prepared, as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of Yahweh is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And Yahweh himself shall be with them, and be their Eloah. And Yahweh shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto unto me, It is done. I am the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be with his, and I will be his Aloha, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable, and murderers and whoremongers, and sorcerers and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from Yahweh, having the glory of Yahweh. And her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east, three gates, on the north, three gates, on the south, three gates, and on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And the city lieth foursquare, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof, a hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a Chalcedony, the fourth, an emerald, the fifth, sardonyx, the sixth, sardius, the seventh, cryolite, the eighth, pearl, the ninth, a topaz, the tenth, a cryophasis, the eleventh, a jacinth, the twelfth, an amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were, transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein, for Yahweh, El Shaddai, and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of Yahweh did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life.
0: Thank you, Dr. Josephson and Dr. Gagno. Our scripture readers this afternoon will be from our Oceanside class, Dr. Linda Volpe and Dr. Reba Zahar. And we're going to have a three speaker format this afternoon, each speaker getting approximately 35 minutes. And our first speaker this afternoon will be Paul Dean from our Arcport New York class.
3: Hey, well, good afternoon everybody, good evening. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we oh, can hear you. Yes, we can hear you. Okay, thank you. It's always a pleasure to join. Uh, I enjoy it. Oceanside and uh, in all these classes throughout the United States, it, it amazes me. I normally join on YouTube, but always am happy to uh, get in with this room class also didn't expect to be called up but I don't expect to be here uh, very long at least on the floor but I'm grateful I'm, I'm very grateful to be here because it was never my plan to come to class I was uh, like each and every single one of you called into this teaching or invited however you want to do it say it And um, I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. Many reasons. Um, One is I had never thought that I could understand a thing about Yahweh and his magnificent purpose. And when I look at that scripture reading that they just covered, there's just so much to that that I would never be able to um, expound upon personally. But I look forward to hearing some of the things. But I'll tell you some of the things that it's mentioned that that I look completely different at, if I could say it that way. Um, One talks about the lamb of Yahweh and the lamb's wife. Could you get me that chart where it shows the Iyer Asher Iyer chart? It was a chart that uh, Mitchell had painted. And um, you'll notice in there a bride. I, I think I'll just say it this way, because it's not rocket science. Um, you see, there's a bride painted in with both of those mysteries, and that bride that's painted in there is going to find out that's the lamb's bride, and Joshua is all those things to his bride. He is our rest. He is our shepherd. He is our banner. He is our provider. He is our healer. And he is our righteousness. As a matter of fact, even um, I think of of, uh, when I was in church prior to coming to class, and uh, born and raised Catholic, and I'm sure anybody out there that's been in the Catholic church can relate to this, Many and many a times I sat, um, was kneeling and said uh, something that we, we uh, recited on a regular basis in church. It was uh, Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God who take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. And then lastly, Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world, grant us peace. That was a prayer that was recited all the time. And it wasn't until I came into this teaching that I found out why he was even identified as the Lamb of God or properly the Lamb of Yahweh. As a matter of fact, it was very powerful uh, within myself when Yahshua just one day almost said to me, get up off your knees, mission accomplished. I have had mercy on you and I have granted you peace. He was successful at coming in and fulfilling the law and the prophets and the beautiful things that he has um, done for his bride. And all you got to do is believe it. And that was just such a big, big, big thing for me. And I'll be honest with you. Being a drummer and this thing for so many years put me in the progressive uh line of things and if i could just say it this way it's, it's difficult when you sit behind a set of drums or doing whatever in life and a song would say something a moderation would say something else and Ames would say something else and then a speaker would get up on the floor and say something quite contrary to that which was just sung about or that was just spoken in the moderation And one thing that I love about the uh, the sons of Yahweh that have stuck with the original vision and revelation, this original teaching, I'm very grateful that the moderation, the songs that you may hear in uh, previous to these classes, the aims of the school is not spoken in vain. You know? It it is a school, we uphold the aims of the school, and just as the first aim says, to help us, uh, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. And nobody listening now, or any speaker on this floor, could ever take credit for for the things that we've come to learn. It's a result of a direct uh, uh, divine vision and revelation directly from Yahweh, that he's blessed each and every single one of us with. And I, I can remember hearing a testimony how somebody uh, said to Dr. Kinley, boy, I sure wish I had the vision of revelation. Uh, and I'm sure I'm paraphrasing that, but I sure wish I had the vision revelation and you had, and, and Dr. Kinley said, help yourself. And that's exactly what has been taking place. And that lamb of Yahweh, I, I appreciate being... Uh, Come to find out uh, why he is called the Lamb of Yahweh, and maybe you could just pick me pick that up in the scripture in uh, the Bible for me. where uh, he's at John's baptism, and John identifies him as the Lamb. And prior to you getting that, is it a signal? Is everything okay so far? We're good? Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, so before you get that, I just want to mention a few things. One, there was a lamb. There was many lambs that had to be offered up um, prior to them coming out of the land of Egypt. The lamb's blood had to be on the door, on the inside of the door. You see, the lamb had to be pierced in the side. This was prior to the children of Israel uh, coming through the departed waters of the Red Sea. And John identifies uh, Yahshua as the Lamb of Yahweh. So go ahead and get that. John one twenty nine. Thank you.
4: Yeah, uh, John one twenty nine. The next day, John seeth Yahshua coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of Yahweh, who taketh away the sin of the world.
3: Great. This, so John. This, oh, go ahead.
4: Okay, this is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me.
3: Thank you. So here's John identifying Yahshua as the Lamb of Yahweh. For and and how did he say that again? The Lamb of Yahweh,
4: what? Behold the Lamb of Yahweh who taketh away the sin of the world.
3: Yes, thank you very much. So the Lamb of Yahweh that taketh away the sin of the world. And I never really understood anything as far as even in my own church. I became more clear of the things that I was doing in my church actually coming into class. I understood more about the Catholic Church coming into class than I had understood actually uh, being in it for for so many years. The simple point that I was trying to make is that that lamb, uh, Yahshua was pointed out as the lamb of Yahweh. And when you go back to uh, the tabernacle where there was had even been a lamb that had to be offered up and pierced in the side and the, and the lamb's blood was put on the uh, altar of uh, burnt sacrifice. And there's you'll see quite simply, look at the parallel. There was four points of blood on the altar back there in the tabernacle. There was four points of blood on the door, they had to be put on the door um, back there in the time of Egypt. And then Yahshua comes in and is identified as the lamb of Yahweh. So he's also, he says, I am the door. And there was four points of blood on him with the crown of thorns, one in each hand and, 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 and the point of blood at his foot. And just as that lamb was pierced in the side, Uh, uh, back there, the Lamb of Yahweh, that uh, um, soldier had to pierce Yahshua in the side, all done in fulfillment of the scriptures. Everything just locks up really tight, you know. So, that's just a simple point. And if I could just say this too, I'll never forget someone pointing out the fact because I had heard for uh, uh, many years, um, I talked about. Adam and Eve, and I never really understood the story until one day a speaker pointed out that that Adam was pierced in the side to bring the woman out, or the bride out, and Yashua was pierced in the side to bring the woman back, or the bride back, and it was just so wonderful. And the other thing that stood out was when that. He said, Adam willfully died for his bride. That was so beautiful to see that because then I understood, wow, Joshua loves his bride. Joshua loves his bride. And can you imagine being shocked to hear that? You know, it's just it's just something. It's just something. And I'm just real grateful for it. So I really did not expect to be called up. so I, I really do want to pass the baton. But when it comes to the things they talk about, how uh, whether it's a bride, you know, we've been in relationships. If you're a man and you've been in a relationship with a woman, you know, it's, it's, it's. you look at things, it's just beautiful. You A physical marriage shows forth a spiritual marriage. And when you have, when you are blessed enough to have a a beautiful physical marriage, it's just wonderful to have the reality of that. You know, just as you and your spouse are one in your heart and your mind. It's no different now with Yahshua. You know, you are, uh, as a matter of fact, he's a mediator. He's the only mediator between Yahweh and man. And if I could just mention this too. I can recall on the floor somebody saying once that there came a time that you're going to have to reconcile some of these doctrines, and I'll never forget it because it was the preaching of the people that came in to um, uh, class and taught the original teaching and preached the gospel. It was like a breath, uh, breath of fresh air um, to me, and. Uh, There was a lot of confusion on things uh, when I was coming out of that, when I was coming out of that progressive doctrine. And I can remember someone saying, you know, there comes a time where you got to reconcile these things. There were so many things that I had so many questions in my mind. And I was so grateful when Yahshua finally brought me out and I realized that this is the gospel of reconciliation, that reconciles man back under Yahweh. It's not going to reconcile any kind of doctrine. You know, it's not the gospel to uh, reconcile doctrine. It's, 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 it's the gospel of reconciliation to reconcile man back under the Father. So I'm grateful that when Yahweh says I'm the Alpha and the Omega, I never understood anything about that prior to coming into class. Never realized that our own physical existence, Yahweh declared the ending from the beginning. When we come into life, uh, we don't have much hair. When we exit, we don't have much hair. Coming in with no teeth, exiting with no teeth. Uh, You look at a nursing home or a nursery, the same principles. When you're coming into this world, you can't walk. A lot of times when you're coming out of the world, you can't walk. The same principles, Yahweh declaring the ending from the beginning. Biblically, same thing. Uh, Told Moses, he wrote five books. He was the first one to write. John on the Isle of Pammoth, he was the last one to write. He authored five books. Yahweh declaring the ending from the beginning, you know. So, and then it goes on to talk about the book of life. And it's just a wonderful thing to know that Yahshua knows each and every single one of our names. And it's wonderful to actually know his name, you know. 6,823 times alone that name was in the old testament alone that was a name yahweh so chose to give to moses he said that is my name forever each and every single one of us breathe that magnificent name uh gives each and every single one of us life witnessing to the true life uh so with that i'll pass it over to the next one I, uh, my love to all the brethren, I appreciate you guys upholding this magnificent teaching and staying with this magnificent gospel. Uh, much love to all of you and peace in Yahshua. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Dr. Dean. And our next speaker this afternoon will be the Dean of our Madison class, Dr. Steve Gagno.
1: You guys... He who must not be named. <laughs> Put that under my heading, Dennis. You sneaky guy. All right. I thought I got off with a prayer. I, I enjoyed everything Paul had to say. In a short time, he said a whole heck of a lot. And, uh, you know, I mean, to fall victim of, the Catholic Church and be deceived, and then come out of that, and then kind of get dragged into another situation where the classes started subtly changing, and be caught up in that mess, and be pulled out of it uh, is pretty incredible. <laughs> Two times, and uh, um, you know, I I, I never. I, I was, uh, deceived in the world, but I never got hooked the second time. And I'm thankful for that, but we're all in the same place. Yahweh, Yahweh runs his purpose and he knows how to bring about a son into perfection. He knows how to do it. And, uh, Paul's way was fit for him. It was fit perfectly for him. And my way is fit perfectly for me. And, uh, it all brings a brown, you know, when uh, in Ezekiel, the 36th chapter, it talks about, I will cause you. He will cause you. He will bring you through and be your savior the way he wants to bring you through and be your savior. And everybody's got a different testimony. But in the end, you all have to bow to the truth and bow to Yahshua. And uh, is uh, it, it, it's we had class today. And. I had a visitor from Green Bay, and we just had a nice class, simple, but about uh, the first speaker was talking about people not being committed to coming to class anymore. And some people are like, they got excuses, and it was, so there's no excuse. You know, this is the truth. You can't get lazy down at the end, and you know, you can't let people be your in your face, in your way, you, you just got to fight for this thing. This is it. This is the truth. And uh, it occurred to me when he sat down, I I got up for just a short time and then I put Sasha up, but I, I was looking at, uh, can you zoom out a little on Mount Sinai here? This whole Moses chart. Yeah. I was using this Moses chart and uh, the children of Israel Uh, knew who Yahweh was when they were in Egypt. I mean, they had a promise from Abraham, so they knew something about Yahweh, enough to cry out, and they cried out and were delivered. And uh, they came through the divided waters of the Red Sea, came out of bondage, and Yahweh made a covenant with them. And it just sort of, uh, it struck me when the first speaker was talking about uh, some of these things about covenants and, and stuff, uh, and people saying, well, I know all this stuff already. I don't need to come down there. I don't need to be at the class. I don't need to be in the room. You know, I already know all these things, you know, and they were, this was their stand, and he was saying, well, it's not like that. I, you know, you you have to come and support the gospel, and so on, and, and while he was showing me the argument, that's when I it occurred to me that it, when the children of Israel were at the base of the mount and Yahweh spoke to them all the things he wanted them to do and, and all that Yahweh said, we will do. They said, all that he said, we will do. And uh, Yahweh made a covenant with them under those conditions that they would do these things. And uh, they, they couldn't keep the covenant. They couldn't keep it. And the second generation went on and so on and so forth. But what I was looking at is Yahweh gave them witnesses that he was with them with the lamb down in Egypt and opening up the Red Sea and, and they had a creator who showed them who he was with witness and evidence. And just like you and I, when we come into this class, we, we learn about the names of Yahweh and you breathe the names and Yahweh loves his names. And Exodus 9, 16 says, in very deed for this cause have I raised you up, uh, Egypt, so that you could, I could show my power and destroy Egypt. You know, and the power was in the name and, he, you know, Moses had just gotten the name and, and all this stuff is showed to you and you believe it. And you come down here and then we show you how the covenants work. We show you, you know, institution fulfillment. We show you all these things and you're happy and you're all this. And then suddenly you go, well, I know all that. So I don't need to come anymore. See, you're doing just what that first generation did. You're forgetting that, you know, they're your first love. You know, we make a commitment. We come down here. And we love the truth and we say, uh, you know, a lot of people won't deny that this is true, but they just don't want to come anymore. I've already heard all those lectures. These are the people I'm talking about that just sort of fall asleep on it. And, uh, you know, that's just like walking out on your spouse and just say, "Okay, been there, done that. We're old now. The heck with it. Just take off. And uh, it's just that's not your love should increase uh, through being with them, you know, it says it should get stronger every day versus, you know, get old, you know, and, uh, I don't know. I don't have a lot. I want to say either, other than this fact that it is, uh, it's hard to watch people, um, look at this thing and, you know, and say, well, I've heard it all, you know, and, uh, I, you haven't heard anything, if you can say that. You haven't heard anything. You've heard information, you know. Um, somewhere along the line, you, when we hear these witnesses and people will say you breathe his name and you, there's a pattern and everything goes by it and all of these witnesses, and we check it out. We always say, go check it out, go check it out, go check it out. There comes a time when all of a sudden you realize Yahweh is perfect and you watch the, and you're in classroom and you look at the charts and you hear the preaching of this gospel, you know, done right. It's perfect. There's no flaws in it. You know, it's, it's, you check it out and it's perfect. You're the one with all the flaws. You're the one with all the, (laughs) Yahweh's perfect. He wants you to know him and he, he's showing you he's perfect. He has perfect love. He, he keeps his promises. He, he will deliver you, you know. You stay true and obedient. You, he will deliver you if you call on him, you know. Call on him. Let him be the one, you know. Uh, I mean, David, uh, when he went up against Goliath, you know, they tried to throw armor on him. He goes, I haven't tried this stuff. But I know Yahweh was with me when I had my sling and he, I killed a bear or killed a lion. And all the things he killed he goes i'm going out there with what yahweh gave me and he stood and he applied what he knew to stand in a situation and uh, that's the real gospel being preached is can you stand can you do it not some lecture not some you know and people you know this thing gets prettier and better long year around and, and there's more jots and tittles than you could ever imagine in every little thing you know uh, the other day i remember dennis after one of the green i never heard that he said it after one of the green big classes and i was thinking yeah even dennis will say that or even carl will say that or even this you know the people you think know it all they don't know it all i mean we're talking about yahweh who's infinite in wisdom intelligence and knowledge who can know all that you know and then we're constantly moving. We're not just sitting. We're moving forward and experiencing and looking out into the creation and trying to understand the purpose of Yahweh in the midst of Satan. This The God of this world is Satan, and he's got it, and we're in it. And Yahweh's delivering us, and we're trying, through all that, we're trying to preach this gospel in simplicity and pull a few out here and there and, and you know, Band together and stand and defeat the devil in this. He can't win. He won't win. See, and uh, these are the things. Uh, you know, it's just sad when when I hear of somebody who says that they've been here a long time. And you know, I heard it all. I just my head just drops. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding. You think that's all of it? That's we just touch this thing. We touch the, you know, I was visiting with Daniel Adams in prison with Sasha yesterday, and we were talking about love. Daniel has a hard time seeing the love of this gospel in prison, and, you know, he just feels kind of beat down around bad people, and everything's bad, and it's hard, you know. He tries to study, but he's, he's he sees a lot of negativity, and You know, we were kind of trying to encouraging him to say, "You're in prison, but you know, you're not a prisoner. You have Yeshua. You, you, you know, Yeshua is eternity. He's, he is the truth. There's, there's love and kindness. You just have. You're just in a place. Yeah, you'd like to be out, and we'd love to have you out and come to classes on a regular basis. But you know, he gets so much help from people around the country they're sending him emails and he gets to see it and he's got transcripts and you know he's not doing much different than most of us are you know especially when you consider the pandemic you know but anyhow I think in the end I you know as but we were only had two hour visit and I, I just told him I said the sign will follow If you pay attention the sign always follows you talk about something and it you know, it will come into fulfillment and he will, he will get a witness. If he keep, I said, you got to keep your eyes open and look for it. Yahweh will not let you down. If you're looking to find out about love versus all the hate and the anger that's in that place, look for it. You'll see little bits of it and and he will not let you down. So just keep your eyes open. and You know, like we've said over the years, the, the sign always follows, you know you could call across the country and have a, you know, somebody's working with something and somebody else on the other side of the country is working with it. These things have always been this way as long as I've been in class, you know, the, the spirit, you know, that is Yahshua is moving. And, uh, there's only one way into salvation and that's through Yahshua. So it's got to somehow relate. Everything's always relate back to Yahshua and I'm getting wordy here, but, uh, and i just don't feel like going much further other than it's just been on my mind. I, what he had, uh, said and kind of between that and, and, uh, the visitor we had saying how people are just kind of saying, well, I've heard it all, you know, it kind of was sad, both of them, both of those statements. And I, and I just, uh, I feel for everybody's going through tough times, but you've got to keep your eye on the prize and, uh, All things work to the good to them that love Yahweh. So thank you for the time.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Gagneau. And our next speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Mike Josephson from our Green Bay class.
1: Well, I was comfortable for a while. Yeah, clean all that up, Mike. Well, um,
5: sort of the same thing happened in Green Bay, at least before class, but then some people came that were kind of, I guess of the mind that Steve was saying that they heard it all and and uh, I'm just speaking from the heart here, I guess. Um, Andy got up and started working with this, with the gospel and what, what difference this is from, uh, from the world and Christianity and got people involved in it, in the, in the discussion and, and at the end of class, uh, some people came up and said that they really got something out of it and were happy. So, you know, it was, it was a good outcome. Um, let's go into the scripture reading real quickly. Um, like Paul said, it's it's kind of a lot to bite off, but maybe I can say a few things about it. So, I'm going to just start reading.
6: Would you like it at one? please revelation 21 and one. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John saw the Holy city, new Jerusalem coming down from Yahweh out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. See, um, well
5: like steve said how could anybody say they've heard it all i mean like this scripture is talking about things to come it's talking about uh, a new earth state that i mean and believe me we need a new one man the, the earth that we're in the heaven we're in now is is not good there's there's nothing there's nothing in the flesh worthwhile. And boy, it's just, you know, this pandemic thing, it just, it, it never gets old. It, something new comes up and it's always worse. Keep going, Reba. Uh, verse three.
6: And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of Yahweh is with men and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And Yahweh Elohim himself shall be with them and be their Elohim. And Yahweh Elohim shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away.
5: See... How how can anybody say that they? There's just so much to this gospel, and you know, we we just have to be we have to trust in Yahweh enough to just have Him hold us in His hand, because He He just has such such a great such great things for us. If we just hang in here, keep going.
6: And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his Elohim, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. See that
5: there, there's, there's, there's outcomes to, to, to this to this whole mess. you know the, the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers, they're gonna have their, they're going to have their come up, you know, it's going to, it's going to materialize. They're going to have that. Um, let's go to, you know, the, the punishment is, is coming and I don't want to be part of that. Um, let's go to uh, oh, Ezekiel, the 36th chapter. Uh,
4: starting at twenty six. Or earlier?
5: Uh, 36, 24.
4: Okay. Ezekiel 36, 24. I will give, I will take you from among the nations and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you.
5: See? And, and, and that's coming, that's, that's happening. You know, that, that is us. We, we've been delivered, you know, from, from, this, from this earth plane, from this darkness, from this hell. And he's going to do a work with us. He is going to take care of us. Um, keep going.
4: A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh.
5: See, we need all this, we, we don't have the, when we come down here, we just don't have it. anything right, anything.
4: Mm-hmm. And he's given us all of this, all of it, mm-hmm. keep going. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep mine ordinances and do them.
5: See, he, he's the great cause. He is, and we, and we need it. We can't, we can't do
4: this without him. Keep going. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your elohim. I will also save you from all your uncle- uncleanness and I will call for the grain and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. Yeah. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. See. Or, or the nations, Yes. E-
5: he is, he is going to straighten us up, and he's going to straighten us up for his name's sake. Is that in there somewhere? Is, is you already say 23. It? 22 okay. or 21.
6: <laughs> okay, 21. Okay. Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah, okay. But I had pity for mine holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations to which they went. Therefore, say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith Yahweh Elohim, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the nations to which ye went.
5: We, we read this all the time. We read the thirty-sixth chapter of Ezekiel, and and we we sometimes we kind of take it a little bit out of context because. At, this is this is at this is at captive. This is they messed up and they're and they're being punished. But now he's gonna he's gonna rally and he's in and, and they're and he's gonna save them for his namesake, just like it says there. Um I I want It's talking somewhere where I don't even know the words to ask it. I I think it's in Corinthians or in Colossians. Um, We got it last night, but what what was that? I'm sorry, folks.
2: Medicine.
5: Um, It's where where we will do Yahweh's work, believing Yahweh's work. Yeah. Yeah, or believing is Yahweh's work.
3: It's um, Hmm? John six twenty
5: eight. Try try this. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Good job, Sasha.
6: Where was it? John 6, 28. Thank you. John 6 and verse 28. Yeah. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the work of Yahweh? Yahshua answered and said unto them, this is the work of Yahweh, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said, therefore, unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work?
5: Um, go to uh, the John 17 and pick it up at about, or well, just pick it up right up one. John 17 and
6: one. These words spake Yahshua and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. See You know this.
5: This is what's happening. This is Yahweh is is giving Yahshua the power to have to give eternal life to those that are 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 destined to have that.
6: Um. Keep going. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true El and Yahshua Messiah, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gave me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was.
5: You know, someone talked about this scripture way back, and it really kind of opened my eyes up to it. It's this is This is this is not this is not your average apostle or dis, disciple that's writing this. This is coming straight from the Creator, and it's saying this is life eternal, and and we're in this class that has that has people that that, that actually you know. Well, it, it was given to a man. It had a vision. And, and that man, you know, Dr. Kinley, it, w- it, was, it was special. And, and what other religion can say, this is life eternal and this is how we get it. It's just down here. It's, it's nowhere else. You know, and, and like Steve already said, How can you walk away from that? It it boggles my mind. Um, Let's go to the 14th chapter, John.
6: Where would you like it?
5: Just a sec, I'll let you know.
6: Start 15. John 14, 15. Yeah. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you.
5: See, it, the, the truth is not for the world. It's not. It's, it's for just those that are, are given
6: to Yahshua by his father. Keep going. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Master, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Joshua answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the father which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you being yet present with you. Okay, 26
5: is what I really want, but go ahead. But
6: but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. See, this, this, this whole thing is, is not for the world.
5: And, and we, have, we have that comforter in this class. We, ha- we have someone that can straighten out all the, that what's, that's wrong with the world and can and, and comfort us. and and teach us this is a great gospel this is i i just don't even have words um i'm just i'm just thankful to be part of this i'm just i'm just in awe of it you know every day you know and and i'm kind of glad that dallas is coming up and and we're gonna ha- I'm gonna have a chance to just be part of this yet. Um, I, I, I just don't really have a lot to say, but just that I'm very, very thankful that I'm in this class. And uh, I'll just turn it back to the moderator, thank you.
0: Thank you, Dr. Josephson. And we're gonna have two more speakers for the remainder of the class. And our next speaker will be from our Oceanside class, Dr. Diane Emler.
3: Diane's on her way. We gotta get situated.
7: Good evening, everybody.
3: Hello,
4: good evening. Um,
7: (laughs) It's uh, nice to be here tonight um, and to hear from so many people. Um, uh, It's always uh, heartwarming when the brethren Have a chance to gather together. And uh, Mm. tonight I kind of had to um, take off in the beginning of class uh, because I have a physical uh, thing going on with itching. And as I was trying to deal with that, I thought, cause I could still hear the speakers. And I, I thought, you know, I am so glad that for the most part, the troubles that I have these days are physical are tangible and you know there's at least something you can do about it Mm -hmm. because there was a time where my body was much healthier yet my mind was so very cluttered and uh the mystery of iniquity always seemed to be able to creep in and cause me to doubt and uh years ago um someone from the floor said that doubt is like a crack in the dam Mm -hmm. and if you don't get that straightened up then uh it's just going to end up being a flood. And those things are uh, difficult. Uh, The flooding (laughs) is difficulty that some people are having on the earth this night. And it's something uh, that we, or I'll say, I um, tried to be attuned to and get that thing patched up right away. Mm
3: -hmm.
7: So I guess that all of those words are just saying, I'm glad the problems I have are are medical issues and not my head or not my my, uh, thinking about Yahweh. Uh, so I'll just stick with uh, the medical issues and because they're a lot easier to endure for me <laughs> than the others. Um, let's go over to the scripture reading, uh, the 12th chapter of Revelation or the 21st. 21st chapter right uh and we can leave this moses chart right here because uh when dr kinley spoke on this chapter he uh what i have heard is that he always correlated it uh To the migration of the children of Israel. And that uh, being said, uh, when Moses was up on top of the mountain and he received his vision, uh, he saw this uh, creation from beginning down to the end. In mm. other words, he saw the beginnings of the creation, uh, uh, The as Yahweh Elohim explained it to him in a six solar day uh, uh, sequence, and then ran down the genealogies of all uh, that came after that. Uh, And it was those things that uh, Yahweh had him write in a book and it turned out to be five books uh, because he also showed him uh, the tabernacle which uh, at the top of this chart, you can read that Elohim is the original or archetype pattern of the universe. Mm-hmm. Now, that pattern uh, was explained, in other words, Yahweh Elohim was explained by the physical tabernacle that was brought down in Moses's mind uh, and was built as a physical structure in the wilderness of Sinai. Uh, In itself, uh, it explains for all of us uh, the pattern uh, of things in, our creation and the pattern of the bible uh yet and still this is only the type to try to get us to understand uh that which we cannot see which is yahweh himself this is also uh i'll say the pattern of yah of yahshua Because Yahshua also was that physical example uh, to cause us to begin to understand uh, that which we cannot see, which is Yahshua, or is Yahweh. Um, And especially, um, and I'll just do this quick. uh, Yahshua, when he um, was here as that Paschal Lamb, Uh, and it's already been stated that once John saw, after the baptism, once John saw that spirit descending upon Yahshua and spoke, And said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Then John could point him out as the Lamb of Yahweh. And since Yahshua was here to fulfill the law and the prophets, those things written of him, then being the Lamb, uh, all you had to do was look on back at the lamb that was offered up in Egypt, uh, having uh, the offering up that lamb without spot and blemish and Yashua being without sin. And there were four points of blood put on the door uh, and Yahshua had the crown of thorns nailed at each hand and at the feet, making that four points of blood. Uh, Many other things can be correlated. Uh, But when Israel came up out of Egypt, the first thing they did uh, was come to that Red Sea. And when they came to the Red Sea, they thought in their minds that they were trapped. Mm -hmm. And when they thought that there was no hope, they started to complain that why did you bring us up out of Egypt? Uh, Did you bring us here just to die? And Yahweh had to show them once again that he was their salvation and he caused that sea to part and israel went through on dry ground and that was truly an opening of a door or the opening of that veil Uh, Because if you take into account that there were well over 600,000 men, not counting women and children, and the older generation, because it was fighting men, uh, there was well, I would think well over a a million people. Uh, That's just a guess. Uh, And the book reads that they walk through the Red Sea uh, five abreast. And I can barely imagine how long that would take. But Yahweh provided a way for them as he... Uh, the cloud because Yahweh was depicting himself as a cloud how that cloud came and uh, behind them yes, yeah. and that it was uh, blackness unto the Egyptians but light unto Israel and my point being that Uh, the Egyptians uh, did not see the door, could not find the way through the Red Sea. They were in that pitch black darkness once again. And it wasn't until all of Israel had passed through that that darkness was taken away now they saw it, uh, the Egyptians saw that opening and came on through after the Israelites, and it was then that that Red Sea uh, fell on them and they were drowned in the sea. Uh, That, unfortunately, was not the end of the mystery of iniquity, though, (laughs) because the uh, demons that were inhabited those bodies just went about to find new bodies, and that explains the problems that Israel had in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. Now, um, back to the tabernacle, I want you to see that the altar is showing forth uh, Yahshua as that lamb. Next, you have that labor of water, which is showing the Red Sea. Uh, Then the horn of holy anointing oil showing forth Yahweh, who is spirit. And Yahshua resurrected that quickening spirit. Yahshua also said that if you uh, drink of him, uh, you shall never thirst. He said that to the woman at the well. He also said that he was the light of the world, and that's why you have a candlestick. Uh, He was the true heavenly bread uh, from heaven, not the manna, so... Uh, That takes care of the table of shoe bread. He also uh, let us know that he was the only intercessor between man and Yahweh, uh, and that's your altar of incense, and then into the most holy place where you have that three-in-one configuration showing that Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim and Yahshua are one. It's not like they are kind of one, they actually are one. And Yahweh took on a a physical form, an incorporeal form, and an abstract form. It is all Yahweh there are not three gods so this tabernacle uh, is showing forth that uh, Yahshua uh, who is the pattern of the universe now when John over on the right hand side of the chart is on the Isle of Patmos in AD 96. He too had a vision and uh, the vision that he saw, uh, uh, he had to turn to see uh, the voice that spake to him. So John saw Uh, not from beginning to end like Moses did, but from, if I can say, the end to the beginning. But they both witnessed to the exact same thing. And that was something that Dr. Kinley impressed on his students uh, that... um, that Revelation is not a huge mystery, the book of Revelation, uh, but it is just a repeat of what happened in Moses's vision. Mm -hmm. So with that introduction, (laughs) can we go to the 21st chapter of
4: Revelation and pick it up at one? And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. So we
7: know through reading, Paul talks about being lifted up to the third heaven. So if there's three heavens, then there's a first heaven, second heaven and third heaven, just as the, Uh, uh, pattern shows us so Israel passed uh, from Egypt and passed from the court roundabout uh, into the holy place and that was divided by the Red Sea so I've come from he's come from the first heaven into the second heaven And there was no more sea, or they
4: passed through that sea. Go ahead. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from Yahweh out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband.
7: Now, um, hold on to it there. And I think it's in uh, Psalms 19. Yeah. That tabernacle, um, oh. yeah, we'll be, we'll be, look at
3: four verse
7: four. Yeah, it's in uh, verse four, but why not read one right down to four?
6: psalms nineteen and one the heavens declare the glory of yahweh elohim and the firmament showeth his handiwork
7: oh boy and you know the more that the scientists uh discover uh, Mm -hmm. the more uh this uh pattern or this creation uh that yahweh has put together it just Proves to be more incredible all the time. Uh,
6: go ahead and read. Day on the day uttereth speech, and night on the night showeth knowledge. Yes. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard.
7: I mean, this creation is screaming Yahweh, and yes. from the moment of our births. Uh, until before we came into class, we were so ignorant. We we could not hear him screaming at us. Uh, We couldn't hear or see what he was trying to show us uh, until he allowed us to hear and he allowed us to see, not with our physical senses, uh, but to be able to see a spiritual principle, to be able to hear his voice. Um, we were just as dead as you could be. Go ahead and read.
6: Their line is gone out through all
7: the earth, and their words to the end of the world. And that's the way we have uh, seen it all along uh, in Isaiah 28. We won't get it. It's just line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, as his purpose continues on, line upon line upon line. Go ahead.
6: In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun.
7: So in these witnesses, he has set a tabernacle for what?
6: For the sun.
7: He set a tabernacle for the
6: sun, read. Which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run
7: a race. So this tabernacle is as a bridegroom. And Moses uh, uh, was given that tabernacle uh, on top of Mount Sinai And he brought that back down to the bride. The bridegroom came down and gave himself to the bride. Um, Go back over to Revelation because I only have a couple minutes. Revelation
4: 21 and 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of Yahweh is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and Yahweh himself shall be with them and be their Elohim.
7: So here is the same thing that happened back in Exodus, uh, that that uh, uh, new Jerusalem coming from Yahweh out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband.
4: Uh, go ahead and read
7: what uh, you're down at four.
4: And Yahweh Elohim shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away.
7: Now, these former things have passed away. Uh, just read down through six. Go ahead. Okay.
4: And he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, write for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, it is done. I am alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely.
7: Now, um... If we could go back over to Ezekiel 36 and I will finish up there. So Yahweh Elohim is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the last. And... Once we have seen this, we will thirst no more. And the fountain of life has not stopped giving water. And to think that you've already drank all the water there is to drink is idiotic i was gonna say stupid but (laughs) i guess i just (laughs) did so uh you know you you can drink tons of water but you know the next day you still need more water your body if it is living always needs water Mm -hmm. and uh The only time you don't need water uh, is when you're dead. And uh, to say you don't need it anymore is not a good sign. Um, But we do know out here in California, even when we're in such a severe drought, that all it takes is one rainstorm And it's like everything comes back to life. And that's what I would pray for anybody uh, who is feeling parched, that just hang in here. Uh, These classes will give you a sprinkle here and a sprinkle there. But if you need a downpour, he'll give you that and bring you back to life. Now, in uh, Ezekiel, we always read like 24 and and talking about the new covenant, but I want to pick it up. uh, Oh, boy. 31.
6: 31. Ezekiel 36, 31. Then shall you remember your own evil ways and your doings that were not good and shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations.
7: You understand. You look back and you just loathe yourself. Go ahead and read. Not for your sakes do I this,
6: saith Yahweh Elohim. Be it known unto you, be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Read. Thus saith Yahweh Elohim, in that day, that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities. I will also cause you to dwell in the cities, and the wastes shall be built.
7: Now. With this new covenant, or with him putting his spirit within you, with that happening, something happens to you. The waste shall be builted. The dwell in the cities and the waste shall be builted.
6: And the desolate land shall be tilled whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by.
7: And that was (laughs) us, desolate land, just desolate in the sight of all that passed by, read.
6: And they shall say, this land that was desolate is become like the garden of Eden. And the way and desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited.
7: And that's what he's done for us. There's more down, but I'm out um, of time. And that we were a desolate wasteland without water. And he gave us that fountain of life. He gave us of his Holy Spirit as it was read in John. And now that desolate place has become like the garden of Eden because he is giving us of his fruit freely. There's green and it's a nice cool breeze and we're not hungry. And we've always drunk our (laughs) allotment of water for the day. There's more to that, but I want you to understand he has not left you desolate. You hang in here and you will become as the Garden of Eden. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Dr. Emler. And our last speaker will be the Dean of our Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Golpe.
8: Thank you very much. I want to say that all the speakers were very, very simple and inspiring. I enjoyed uh, each each comment that each one of the speakers gave and I'm just going to pick it right up uh, because there's such a short time that I want to be able to just hit on a couple of quick things. Now Diane talked a little bit about this so let's go back over to Revelation again the 21st chapter and uh save for time get to the scripture uh, I want to think it's I think it's verse 3.
4: Revelation 21 3 and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of Yahweh is with men and he now, will dwell with-
8: now what we've got is this we got We've got the tabernacle of, now this is talking about, obviously this 21st chapter is talking about after this earth has passed away, this physical creation. The dwelling place of where the souls of the elect are going to inhabit. uh, He's describing a spiritual principle here about the tabernacle of Yahweh dwelling with men or with souls. Now, that was manifested back in the wilderness. Now, I want to just take you back there for a minute. On this chart that we're looking at here, we see Moses at the top of the mountain there, and we see the vision that Moses is having. Now, in that place that Moses is, it says, uh, uh, Dr. Kinley talked about how he was called up into eternity. So, Moses is not dwelling in what we would call the court roundabout of the uh, uh, habitations, if you will. He was in eternity, in the Spirit. Just like John said in his vision and revelation there, uh, he said, I was in the Spirit on Yahweh's day. And that day is the day of eternity, not Saturday. Now listen. What Moses saw there, and we've taught this many, many times, is that what he's looking at is the vision of Elohim, the panoramic vision of Elohim. And he sees Elohim transform into a threefold intangible tabernacle, then back into himself. Now that preceded That preceded the days of creation that are painted on uh, coming out of Elohim. If you see that silhouette, that half side of Elohim, then the creation coming forth from that point forward. Now that tabernacle was in heaven that he saw. Now what Moses had to do was come on down into the wilderness by the instructions that were given to him, where an actual physical tabernacle was going to be constructed. Now, that physical tabernacle, which was first in heaven, that is to say in that cloud, is now going to be materialized. Now, one of the things that we often taught, or we have been taught in our foundation, was that that tabernacle, when Yahweh Elohim transformed into that tabernacle, then back into himself, that, the ta- that that was to show that the tabernacle and Elohim are one and the same. Now when the tabernacle is brought down, it's dwelling there on the ground. It's laid across the ground. And it's made physical now. All of those tribes were around the tabernacle, camped. So we have the tabernacle of Yahweh coming down from heaven dwelling amongst men right there in the wilderness of Sinai in the type and shadow. Now what we want to want to key in on, that tabernacle is a figure of Elohim being made flesh or fleshly. And that the tabernacle represents the days of Yahshua the Messiah, Dwelling in the physical body that was formed or transmuted from spirit. Now, I want to say this that body of Yahshua was not a product of Mary or Joseph. It wasn't Mary's ovum or Joseph's sperm. That was a direct transmutation of spirit itself. And it can only be constructed by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and materialized that fertilized ovum into her womb. And we read over there in Luke that Mary conceived in the womb. Now conception does not take place in the womb. It takes place in the fallopian tubes. But here's the point I want to make. Just as it wasn't Joseph and Mary that were involved in the construction of that body of Yahshua the Messiah, what we find out is that when Moses saw the vision on top of Mount Sinai, and he came down, he could not leave it to mankind to build that tabernacle. Mm -hmm. And just as the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary, it was the Holy Spirit that built the tabernacle back in the wilderness. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, he chose out two men, Aholiab and Bezaleel, And what did he do? He put the Spirit in them of knowledge and understanding. In other words, the Holy Spirit had to fill or be in a Aholiab and Bezalel to illustrate that it's the Holy Spirit that constructed that structure that we call the tabernacle, mm-hmm. not mankind. Now, I know the physical body... Uh, you know, did the, as you say, the work of the, of, the, of the products in there, but it was the Holy Spirit that had the knowledge and understanding to put that together. So it's a product of the Holy Spirit, showing it's not a product of man. Now, we say that that tabernacle on top of Mount Sinai was Elohim, because we said that he transformed into that tabernacle to show that he and the tabernacle are one and the self, same thing. So therefore when we see that Yahshua the Messiah was constructed, the physical body was constructed by the Holy Spirit, not the product of a man or a woman, that it took the Holy Spirit to construct that, then we recognize that that was Elohim made flesh. Just as we recognize that the tabernacle was a figure of Elohim and it was made flesh or physical there in the wilderness. Now, what we're understanding is this. In that tabernacle, what Yahshua did, or what Yahweh Elohim did, who is Yahshua, he had to divest himself of his glory. So the tabernacle does not look like a glorious structure from an aerial view. Or if you were standing at the the straight gate, which was 30 feet wide, you would not see the true glory of, of the tabernacle and this is the reason why give me the tabernacle chart if you wouldn't mind right now please Now, if you look at the way this is painted you notice that the vessel of the brazen labor and the altar are a different slightly d- a different color than the vessels that are in the holy place and most holy place the vessels in the holy place and most holy place were essentially gold or overlaid with gold solid gold and overlaid with gold where the vessels in the court roundabout are brazen meaning no. brass can have a golden appearance but it's not the same as gold for one one, perp- one thing that's important to understand about brass is that brass has what they call uh, the ability to tarnish And if you check that out, it means to lose its luster. The word luster means the uh, reflection of light, the the ability to reflect light. So brass can lose its luster. It becomes dull. Where gold is a malleable metal, meaning that it's soft and easily formed, and it never tarnishes. So if you found a piece of gold back in the pyramids from... 3,500 years ago, it would have the same ability of luster that it had then today. Now what's that trying to show you? Well, it's trying to show you that from the straight gate you cannot see the true glory of the tabernacle because it's hidden behind that veil, those veils that we call the tabernacle or the tent. Those vessels of glory and of beauty are kept hidden from the eye on the outside the only way for you to see that is to be taken into the tabernacle and see the vessels of gold that lie in the holy place and the most holy place but the brazen altar and the and and the and the laver which has a semblance or a manifestation of gold that is showing forth what is demonstrated in the types and shadows and allegories in the earth plane. The court roundabout genders to the physical creation. Holy place represents the angelic and most holy place, of course, pure spirit. So what we see in the spiritual realms is where the gold lies. But in the court roundabout, we're seeing something that is a reflection or a manifestation, but not quite as uh, glorious or able to... Uh, have the same properties of what's behind those veils. Now, when Yahshua comes in the flesh, let's go over, boy, give me Isaiah 53, where this is a prophecy starting about one there. We can't read the whole thing, so I'm going to have to get you down there in Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah 53... All right, all right, all right. Start at 1, we're going to read 1 and 2.
6: Isaiah 53 and 1. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of Yahweh revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him.
8: Now listen, this is a prophecy about the Messiah, about Yahshua. And it's saying that he's going to come out of a dry ground and out of this root, uh, uh, which is the stem of David, out of the tribe of Judah. And the dry ground is a representation of Israel not having any living water or spiritual understanding at that point. And we know that's according to the purpose. But the point is that he hath no form nor comeliness, that we shall see him, and there's no beauty that we should desire of him. So on the outside, Yashua looks quite ordinary, nothing special about him. He didn't look regal. He didn't look like uh, a Hollywood type with a handsome look or anything of that nature. On the outside, he didn't look like much at all. But on the inside, all the vessels of beauty and glory were hidden down inside that soul or that divine nature that was within that body now the key was for you to recognize that Joshua did not come to make himself of any reputation go to Philippians I think it's in Philippians the second chapter if I'm not mistaken let's see here I could be wrong about could be the first chapter but let's see yeah. All right.
4: Start of five. Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Yahshua the Messiah, who being, in, who being in the form of Elohim, thought it not robbery to be equal with Yahweh, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross.
8: Now here's what Yahshua did. When he came out of the angelic creation, he took off his glory on the outside. He divested himself of his glory. Well, that glory was that superincorporeal body. And he took that off. And he manifested. As it were, just like the tabernacle was overlaid with badger skins. Now badger skins are not considered to be a precious fur of uh, uh, fur, excuse me. It was not something that looked very valuable or very beautiful or anything of that nature. But all the beauty was on the inside. So this tabernacle represents Yahshua in the days of his ministry in the flesh. Outside, brass, nothing special. Inside, golden. So what we have to understand is, what he's doing is, and let let, let me say it like this. We also know that Paul writes that had they known who he was, they would have never crucified him. Well, the reason why the scribes, the Pharisees, the ones that conspired against Joshua, had him put to death, is they did not have an inkling of to what was walking around inside that body. And that was by design. Because Yahshua has to show his ability to take off or divest himself of that glory and manifest himself in the world looking ordinary and no beauty, no comeliness, nothing to be desired of him, being raised in Nazareth, the son of a carpenter, And yet all the wisdom and knowledge and uh, treasures of Yahweh were hidden in him. Now, what that sets up is this. It sets up that, uh, go back to the Moses chart, please. What it sets up is that in order for you to be a partaker of that glory, you're going to have to get inside the tabernacle. You're going to have to get right down inside that tabernacle and get past that veil in order to be a partaker of that beauty and glory. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody made the statement, I think it was Paul Dean, he talked about the woman being taken out of the side of Adam. And Dr. Kinley once said that when she was within Adam, she was safe, but when she came out, she became vulnerable to the devil. He said, now to fix the problem, we got to get the woman back in the man. Now, this is what has to happen. Yahshua has to gather us unto himself and put us back in him, where all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge lie. Now, what we're seeing then is this, that the glory of the tabernacle was not manifested back there in the wilderness of Sinai. But when we get up to the land of Canaan, there's going to be a structure that is designed to be built, which is also threefold in nature, and it's Solomon's temple. The temple had a porch, an oracle, and a sanctuary. Now, the temple was glorious both inside and outside, so that Dr. Kinley used to say they overlaid that dome with gold, and on on a, a bright sunny day, when the sun was at its zenith, If you were standing at the bottom of Mount Moriah and looked up at the temple, he said, the light would be blinding so you couldn't stand to look at it. He says, but it doesn't bother your eyes at all if you're inside the temple. But here's what I want you to see. That when the time was right for that temple to be made manifest, all of those vessels that were in the Most Holy Place and Holy Place were carried over And put into the temple to show you that when Yahshua took off the flesh manifested for 40 days and 40 nights in the earth plane and not in a glorious body and then ascended that he was ascending and up back up into glory so that that divine nature that had divested itself of, of glory and was walking around in a tabernacle of badger skins now is ready to put back on the glory that he had with the Father from the beginning. Get me over there, John, the first chapter, starting at verse 1. John 17 and 1. Can anybody hear me?
6: These words yeah, said you. Joshua, and lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify the Father, that the Son, glorify Thy Son, that Thy Son also may glorify Thee. Now
8: here's Joshua, praying to the Father and asking the Father to glorify him, that he may glorify in turn his Father. Read.
6: As Thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Read. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true Elohim, and Yahshua, the Messiah, whom thou hast sent. Read. I I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father... Glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory which I had with thee before the world was.
8: Now listen, Yahshua had glory before the world, before anything was created. Now in Hebrews, the 8th chapter, verse 2. Please read that. And hold your point there. Somebody read Hebrews 8 and 2.
6: A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which Yahweh pitched, and not man. Now,
8: when it talks about the true tabernacle, what then was the tabernacle back there in the wilderness? It wasn't a false tabernacle, but it was not the actual true tabernacle. The true tabernacle was pitched by Yahweh himself. Well, when did Yahweh pitch a tabernacle? And that is talked about in Proverbs, the 8th chapter, starting at verse 22. Elohim, or Yahweh, when he transmuted into that Body of Elohim, that was the tabernacle, the original pattern of the universe, which is Yahshua, he pitched that body. Meaning he constructed it and he put in it by measure all of the divine attributes that were necessary to fulfill and accomplish the purpose. Now listen, that was the true tabernacle. Therefore he was glorified in the Father before the world was. Now he had to take that glory off in order to come into the earth plane and fulfill the tabernacle that was pitched in the earth plane, divesting himself of his glory and then eventually later to do away with that tabernacle and take the essence that is inside the tent, those divine vessels of gold, and move them Into a structure that is glorified both outside and inside, which is represented by the temple. To show you that at the end, and Paul said, We know not what he shall be when he appears. He said, But we will see him as he really is. So when Yahshua appears at the end of this age, he's going to appear in all of his glory that he was right from the beginning. And all of those glorified vessels. That I'm talking about are now being put in you and you're walking around with badger skins I'm talking about this physical body and that has to be taken off also and you will be put right within Yahshua your husband and part of the glory of that structure of the construction of the tabernacle is the congregation of souls that will be glorified in him and listen Yahshua was not from the beginning a Jewish fellow walking around from Nazareth. He was a superincorporeal being and must return to that state. And we will also be, as Dr. Kinley had said, when he appears in that superincorporeal body, we're going to receive a new body that is also just like his, superincorporeal. So that Yahweh may be all in all, and the glory of Yahweh will be reflected in. In each one of us, we become a reflection of Yahweh pure spirit through that glorious body that we receive. Because Yahshua said, glorify me now with thy own self, with the glory that I had with thee before the world was. So the glory of the Son and the glory of all of us is to be a reflection of the divine attributes of Yahweh himself in pure spirit. I'm sorry I had to chop this up. I'm sorry I couldn't go into it in more depth. Time would not permit it. I hope I laid something out there that would give you something to think about. But let's just say this. Uh, we cracked it now, and it can be worked with further. I hope you got something out of it. I want to turn it back to the moderator. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight, watching. Peace in Joshua, and love to all the brethren. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Dr. Volpe. We'd like to thank everybody who participated in our Zoom class today. We'd also like to thank those who have viewed us on YouTube. We hold our Zoom class here every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, I'd like to ask the class to stay muted until the live stream has ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever, let us all say, hallelujah.
4: Hallelujah.